Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. In the fall each year we all congregate The mouth all gathered at the church of Pilgrim The scriptures reading from the book of months in Our favorite verse, my God, a freshman Drunk and obnoxious, what children face Ain't nothing finer in the lane Now the 3,000 of our best friends It's Saturday and last thing Welcome to the Saturday Night Athens podcast. I'm Herschel Gurley here as always with my co-host, Boss Dog. Boss, we're going to start a little different today. I need you to tell me, is this a pep talk day or is this a talk you off the ledge day? What kind of day is this? <laughs> Honestly, I, a little bit of both. Um, I, I mean, out of the last five times that we have played Bama, I feel better than I did the last two times um, because it wasn't the gut punch. I also felt more confident going into this game than I have the past two times as well. So I I really don't know how to feel after this. Like there was a lot of good. um, There was so many missed opportunities, but I mean, what I expected to be good for us was just bad. The defense, I, I just, I, I'm dumbfounded. Like I'm still in shock, really, of how poorly the defense, especially the secondary, played. I mean, I know they have elite talent outside, but I, I'm just, I'm dumbfounded about how the defense, the secondary, especially, played yesterday. Um, and I guess I just didn't give Alabama enough credit about how elite their offense really is and how good and accurate Mac Jones really is because he had such a small sample size and he didn't have it against, you know, what we considered elite defenses. And man, he just lit us up last night. I mean, and I, I think I read after the game, like he's completing something like almost 80% of his passes this year. I mean, yeah, I'm with you. I don't feel gutted I think like the other two times it's more just like a minor irritation is kind of how I feel about it I mean we had talked in the preview episode with Chase about how this is kind of a house money game for them they have nothing to lose and even if they do lose everything's still in front of them and they're still most likely going to have to beat Alabama in Atlanta to win the SEC title and all that's still true um and I think they will play them in the SEC title game. Uh, Bama is clearly the best team in the West, and it's not close um, at all. Uh, A&M looked underwhelming, to say the least, I thought, yesterday against Mississippi State. Um, I mean, look, Mississippi State has a just fine defense. I just think A&M is they're – just, they're just average, uh, which I think is telling for, for Florida. I think Florida's big win and kind of what got them – 
jump started was this performance they had to open the year right and everybody's like oh my god they're gonna be this huge juggernaut and i think as the season has played out their defense is an absolute liability and yeah you, you just can't you can't win that way not against a good team so if you look at the rest of georgia's schedule they will be favored in every single game for the rest of the year and i will be i will be surprised if they lose any of them Okay, Uh, really, the only one that is a quasi coin flip for me is the Florida game. And even that one feels more like 75, 25 to me. The other ones, I have no expectation that they will be anything but rolling winners. Um, I I think the piece of it last night, too, that kind of leaves you like, well, it's like it stinks because we're like amped up about it. And you just kind of want to get over that hump. But it's the finality, right? The past two times they played them. The loss was it. The season was essentially over. I know in, after the SEC title game, they still had the Sugar Bowl, but nobody wanted to play in that Sugar Bowl. And that was evident with how the team came out and played against Texas. And I think the fans didn't either. I mean, nobody nobody, nobody cared about that game. Um, it nobody was, went. Yeah. I mean, that, that game was just worthless. And so I think it was the finality of those two games that was kind of the gut punch. And it, it was just it was a it was a weird game. Um, you know, dogs come out, they bring pressure, play one hit Mac Jones, Richard makes a great play to come up and get the pick. And you think, oh man, we're like off and rolling. And just, I don't know, man, I, I looked at, I was watching the, I watched the game with my sister at a bar last night and I looked at her after the Stetson's interception. And I was like, this will mean nothing to you. Cause you don't follow it. Like I do. I'm like, but that pick was eerily similar to the 2018 national title to game. Fromm's pick. Yeah. Yep. Georgia picks the same ball, thing. Georgia picks the ball off, flips the field. You think all the momentum's in their favor, and then there's this fluky, tipped pass, D lineman interception. I mean, it was the same thing. Um. So that happened. And I just something inside me went, "Oh, that's not exactly the the mojo I was wanting right there." <laughs> um. I will say a couple things though, right? My one concern going into the game was how Stetson would look against that defense and how the offense would look against that defense. Because, look, you say what you want, and Ole Miss obviously torched them. But the way the way Ole Miss is built, I think, is what gives Alabama problems historically. And, and we aren't that. And I'll be honest, man, pretty much the whole game, not just the first half. I know this is going to get lost in the discussion because they got shut out in the second half, but not like we had big problems moving the football against their defense, right? Like I, I don't know. That it just seemed like there were there were plenty of points to be had, and we just shot ourselves in the foot all night. And it made me think, like, don't you feel like the narrative is every time we play them, whether it's Georgia fans or national media, it's like, well, Georgia's going to have to play a perfect game to beat Alabama. And I think the lesson. I think the lesson of 17, 18 and last night is that's not true. They don't have to play a perfect game. They just have to play two solid halves of football. I mean, what what are your thoughts on that? Well, I I mean, let's just talk about the third quarter. Let's not talk about the second half as a whole. Let's talk about the third quarter. Get the ball first. You have the third down play. You're in at Bama territory. Burton has a drop. You get that first down. More than likely, you're in field goal range right there. Okay. Yep. There's points. Let's just forget that. Second drive. 
the play right before the interception, which realistically Burton, that's a play. That's a catch. It was a bad, it was a high pass. It was high and wide. You get both hands on the ball. You're a wide receiver. You're supposed to catch the ball. That's just what it is. Yep. yep. Or at least not tip it straight up in the air. But the play right, right before that cook is literally standing wide open on the sideline, but butt naked. Nobody yeah, on that side yes. of the field at all. Bennett doesn't even look yep. at him. Instead, throws into triple coverage to Burton. Again, yep. Burton is not even looking for the ball at all. I don't know what Bennett yep. saw on that play. But there's points. If if, if Cook yep. does not score on that play, again, still in field goal range, That the game right there is 27-27. Those two drives right well, even, there. Even, even, even if... Even if he doesn't throw the pick there on third down, right? It's there's, still there's a field, field goal. goal. Yeah, like those those three right. plays right there for me. And I know everybody talks about the 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 refs and the pass interference on the next drive where Bama went up by ten. We can talk about that later. But those three plays right there: the Burton drop, the miss to Cook, and then the Burton tip pass. Those three plays right there; those were the swing, and that the game was yep. over after that because all the momentum was was Bama's at that point. Those three plays. Yeah, I, I agree, brother. I think that's that's nail on the head right there. Because for me, that sequence last night was, dude, even when they went up 27-24, I thought we get the ball and, and they start moving, right? Like big play to Jermaine. James rips off a 10-yard run and they're, they're cooking with gas, baby. Like they're right where you want to be and you're going, oh, well, just, we'll tie it up right here. And then, you know, we just kind of go head to head again. And to your point, man, the oh, the cook one. And I'm going to tell you something. That was my takeaway from the game because everybody got all over Stetson. And look, he, he did not play a great game. But I think I think part of this, too, is we got to give the kid a little bit of grace, right? It's his fourth game as a starter at Power 5 Division One football. Well, it's his third game as and, a starter, fourth game playing, really. Well, that's true. Third game as a starter, fourth game playing. And, you know, he's playing a Nick Saban defense and – you're playing in Tuscaloosa, whether it's full house or not, it's still Bryant Denny Stadium and all in damn ghosts. So, like, I thought, well, first off, can we just talk about it never ceases to amaze me how well coached those Alabama teams are. You could tell, couldn't you, within the first quarter that they had been it had been driven into their heads all week. Look, boys, we're playing a short quarterback. If you're not, if you feel like you're not gonna get there, hands gotta go up. Hands gotta go up. Because, dude. What they have? What they have? Six tip passes seven, last night, seven. something like that. Six batted balls, seven. And I'm gonna tell you, that's that's a coaching thing, right? Like that's not just um, oh Stetson short or oh Stetson went and find the windows. No, no, no. They were prepared for that possibility, and that's just good coaching, man. Like they're a good football team, and so like I was watching that and I was going, God, man, they're, they're just always prepared. And um, who's the guy? Christian Barmore, number fifty-eight. I thought yeah. he had a whale of a game last night. He did a monster game. For me, he was their – well, I'm not going to say MVP because they, they have some offensive players that certainly deserve – He was their honor, defensive MVP. Christian Barmore was – Defensive MVP. And it's not close. He, he was hands down their defensive MVP. He affected the football game all night long. Um, but I will say this. I thought Stetson made some good plays. Look, that ball to James was a dime. I mean, that was a great throw. While getting nailed. Uh, he made a couple – got nailed. I mean, he got pummeled. Um so I, I think there were some things to like from Stetson. I think 
to your point, that three play swing. And then, you know, the third interception, I don't even count. Cause I think that point they were down 10 and he even said it to Kirby. Kirby mentioned it in his post-game press conference. Stetson came over and told me I, I was trying to do too much. I thought we needed to make a play because we're down, right? I, that's just a that's just a situational yeah, awareness thing. He was pressing. But I think all night the takeaway for me with Stetson was it's the first time all season. And who knows, man? It's a huge game, right? And I'm sure he's he had a ton of media attention this week. I mean, I think I saw seven or eight different articles from different publications doing stories on him. Game Day did a story on him. And it's only you're only human to think about that and kind of get lost in that moment. I thought tonight or last night was the first time he tried to do too much. Instead of just taking what the defense gave him, I think if he had taken what the defense gave him last night and made his reads, and I think that Cook play that you brought up is the prime example. Dude, just just take the just take the chuck down to James and let him run, right? Like get the ball to your playmakers. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know, man. He just made a couple throws. Like to, to your point, that second down throw before the pick, where James was open and he throws to Jermaine again on that one. I like looked at my sister. I was like, what? What was he doing? Like, I mean, that wasn't even close. There was three dudes all over Jermaine. Like, well, I, that one made no sense. And Jermaine clearly did not think the ball was coming because he was not looking for the ball on the replay. Like I saw it on the the live but on the replay you can clearly see Jermaine is looking at the goalpost as he's running because he's got he's draped he's not expecting the ball and the ball yep. comes I don't think he knew the ball came to him until after the play was over well and dude go back to the drive uh that they scored the touchdown on right before the half where he hits Jermaine on the third down oh, play yeah dude first down ball Darnell's wide open I mean that wasn't even close that ball was not close and he, he didn't have anybody in the state of Alabama. There were three zip codes not around Darnell on that play. That one could have been and could have been a miscommunication between the two of them because he was expecting Darnell to sit and Darnell went towards the pylon. That one, that one I excuse him a little bit. The second down play, though, to Jermaine where he just airmailed it oh. and Jermaine's wide open, that yes. I think was worse. The one to Darnell I can kind of understand because – it was clear he was expecting Darnell to stop running and Darnell did not stop running. That one I can kind of understand a little bit because, you know, Darnell is a freshman. There's not that chemistry between the two of them. And I mean, like we talked about earlier, this is only Stetson's third start. There's just not that, there's not that chemistry there. There's not that, you know, Hey, just sit, just stop your, your butt naked stop. Um, But the second one to Jermaine, I mean, he just, I mean, I don't know. Maybe it was the in his head because he got somebody batted down balls, but I mean, he just airmailed it. I mean, uh, like I literally jumped off my couch screaming at the TV on that play. Yeah, not the Darnell one, the Jermaine, the second down to Jermaine one. I just I was so mad. Well, let's talk about Jermaine a little bit because uh, numbers wise, it's the best game of his career so far, right? Through four games as a true freshman. But and I tweeted this last night. He had a tough night, brother. Like, yeah, he had a lot of drops and even the balls that he caught weren't, they didn't look clean. You know what I'm saying? I think the only one he caught clean was the one he two hands where he was like wide open. It was a second or third down play in the second half. Not the, not the big reception, not the one down the left sideline, but there was one across the middle that he caught. I thought for a first down and that was a clean catch, but the other ones, they were all like iffy. Like you're going, dude, he's thinking about it. Like he's in his own dome right now. And yeah, I like that Jermaine 
uses his hands. Yeah, I like that Jermaine. He does. He's not a body catcher. Yep. I love that about him. Yep. But with the fact that he doesn't ever use his body, he doesn't ever try to cradle it. And it allows the opportunity for defensive backs to try to come over the top and knock the ball out. He doesn't ever do that. I mean, that'll come with experience. I mean, he's 18, 19 year old kid. He's a freshman. That'll come with experience. I mean, he's never gone up against, you know, this type of talent in the SEC. The SEC is a different beast when it comes to defenses. I mean, every single pass that he caught, except for that one that you were just talking about, was contested. And that was one of the big differences. I mean, really the main differences between the two offenses last night. A lot of the catches that the Alabama receivers caught, like Waddle and um, Smith, they were contested. And they were making those catches last night. And our receivers didn't make all of those catches last night. But I I mean, can you remember, like, I remember, I think, two passes where we had contested catches, uh, our defense contested catches uh, against. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I Aaron Murray had tweeted something this morning. I, at least I think it was Aaron. Somebody tweeted this morning. I'm pretty sure it was Aaron. I that, completely disagree that, with Aaron's tweet. I, I do too. He said Georgia's not going to move forward until they get some guys on the outside that can separate and there was no separation. Dude, I, I wholeheartedly disagree with that. Um, I thought last night, and this is another thing I want to talk about because it kind of irritated me today. Georgia fans in some ways – are you just can't satisfy them, right? So all last year, everybody pisses and moans because, oh, how we run the ball too much. Our offense is so boring. Well, now you got Todd Munkin come in, and he's scheming stuff up, and they're throwing the football, and everybody and their mama last night is tweeting, run the damn ball. Well, look, dude, yes, they had great success running the football. Yes, would I have liked to see them mix in runs situationally like before the interception in the third quarter where they're first and 10 on the 25 with the success they've been having. Yes, I, sure, I would have in retrospect. But you cannot deny through four games that the scheme has been the best it's been since Kirby's been at Georgia. You just can't convince me otherwise. There are guys open all the time. Like, there are options in that offense that are open pretty much every play. There's a couple times where the defense plays well and they cover it up, but, dude, there was some stuff Stetson missed last night where guys were wide open. So, like, I, that irritated me. And to kind of dovetail with that, Aaron's comment, I think, kind of plays in with that. I think he's wrong. I think their offensive talent, especially at the wide receiver, is is good. And, dude, they just missed some plays last night. Like, to your point, that game, everybody always gets caught up in the final score. That game was way closer than 41-24. to 24. And anybody that watched it knows that. Like, first off, let's talk about the P.I. on Eric Stokes, okay? Look, whether it was questionable or not, that, that's an opinion thing. I, I know how I feel. I know how you feel. But let's just say if they don't call that, right? They're kicking a field goal there, and Georgia's down six instead of ten. Well, do you know how much of a difference that makes from, like, a game plan perspective, being down one score in that game instead of two? Like, look, we don't have an offense at this point down two scores that we can just go fireworks and light up the scoreboard. We just don't. And so I think it changes things for that offense. And so I thought that was a really, really big play in the rhythm and scheme of the game. Didn't you? I mean, I thought it was huge because like you just said, we don't have, we don't have a Bama type offense where we can throw, you know, I know we had the 82 yard pass to cook, but I mean, that was, that's a one-time thing. We don't have the explosive plays like that. 
And I mean, that was a matchup thing where Cook was on a linebacker and Cook's going to win that a hundred times out of a hundred. I mean, it's just no question. Cook's just that fast. And we don't have, and it's not that we don't have the playmakers on the outside to make those plays. We don't have in my opinion, and maybe this is what Aaron was trying to say in his tweet and he just came, it came about it wrong. We don't have the speed at wide receiver. I don't think we have, that's fair. We have tap like our, our receivers talent wise. Like you can't tell me that George Pickens would not start on Alabama. He's not as fast as Waddle and Smith because they're track guys. I mean, I think that they said that I think it's Smith runs like a four, three, five or something like that. The one that had the 90 yarder. I can't remember which one it was. Cause I was just, Oh, that was, that was, that was Waddle. Waddle. Yeah. Okay. Waddle runs a four, three, five. I mean, that's track speed. I'm sorry. Yeah. You know, we don't have a four, three, five guy at wide receiver. We don't have that yet. Well, we do. He's just injured right now. Well, yes. Okay. <laughs> we do. Arian Smith. We do. He's you're right. He's injured. Yeah. Did, haven't you thought too? somebody tweeted this last night? I can't remember who it was again, but they said, just going to say, this is one of the first times this year I've really felt this pang of missing Dom Blaylock. And I thought, oh man, that's a really good point. Like, I think Dom, Dom's absence, I don't know if we've given enough credit to that. Because I just think he's a good security blanket, right? And a guy who you know is going to yeah. make plays. And I think he gives them a little different dynamic. And they're kind of missing that with this offense right now. Kind of like a shifty slot guy to make some plays. Speaking of that, they did a really good job bottling Kiaris up last night. Only two catches. Um, I thought that was big. And look, man, for what, the third straight week? Really the fourth straight week? Because it's not like he made any explosive plays against Arkansas. Dude, George has been very ordinary. Like, there have been no monster plays from him, and there's been no consistency going to him. I don't know, man. That's that's kind of just striking me as a weird thing. And maybe part of it is just distribution of the football, right? Like, let's throw to who's open. And if that's true, okay, cool. I'm good with that. But I just think he's got to get involved somehow. Um, well, I think in the beginning of the game, Stetson was trying to make a concerted effort to get him the ball like early on. But Bama's the first team we played that has a cornerback that can play him one-on-one. Yeah. And, I mean, Patrick Sertan's going to be probably a top-10 pick in in the draft next year i realistically he probably he may be top five i mean he is he's amazing but every other team's you know bracketed him or doubled him and stetson has taken what's been open tonight you know i I think that's why we didn't see much from kiris and why he kind of focused in on jermaine is because you know they were able to you know maybe double um kiris some or bracket kiris some because they you know, Sertan basically made George a non-factor at pretty much the entire game. But let's go back to the PI a little bit. Is it just me or that that pass the right um, before the the misplay to Cook and before the interception um, before uh, before the interception to Burton? The pass down the sideline to George, where it was considered basically an overthrow. Yes. Did you not feel that the Sertan and George, like him pushing him toward the sideline, wasn't that almost identical to what Stokes did I, down the down on the goal line? Or am am I completely missing that? I actually I actually tweeted this last night, um, a little bit after it happened, but I thought watching that live that the play Sertan made on George was more egregious than what Stokes did in the end zone because he actually had two hands on him around his shoulder pads at the neck. So, like, he certainly impeded the throw. 
I also said this when we were watching it. I think you also could have made an argument that PI or no PI, that ball was not catchable in bounds. Like I thought that as well on the on the goal for Stokes play. Yeah, I, that was that was a bailout call, and I'm gonna be honest, there was a couple of them. Um, and again, I I don't I really don't want to harp on that because Georgia had ample opportunity in that game yeah. to make plays and to do things. So I really don't want to harp on it. And I, I think you just have to be to the point now where you know you've got to beat Alabama and you've got to overcome three or four calls. That's just how it is, okay? I mean, dude, I was texting you last night at halftime. Nick Saban has got to be the only person in all of college football who can piss and moan to have a rule changed because he didn't like how it went for him against Auburn in the kick six. And then when the rules actually applied, how he pissed and moaned to have it changed, he pisses and moans to have it applied the other way so that his team can have more time to kick a field goal. Like, did you see Kirby? Like I was like during the game when that was happening, he was at looking at the official going three seconds, three seconds. It's halftime. Like we need to go in. It's three seconds. They can't run any more plays. Yeah. And that's exactly what I was saying, sitting at the freaking bar. I was going, this, I'm like, I'm, I'm living in La La Land right now. Like, this is actually going to happen. Nick's going to get to kick his field goal right now. Like, I, I yep. And it did. <laughs> I mean, good on the kid for kicking the field goal. It's not like it was a chip shot or anything. But, no, it was 52 yards. But. And I will say, and Kirby said this post game, and I agree with it. Why are we playing so soft on those three plays? I mean, they essentially were playing like prevent ten people back, like. A, Three straight plays where they just let Alabama yeah. go down the field. I mean, come on, boys. Can we put a hand in somebody's face? So that part of it kind of did irritate me, but they get the ball back with 24 seconds left and we let them get three junk points there. Dude, that was a – I don't care. Nope. I feel like nobody's really talked about that. That was a big turn for me because they go in 24-20 and Alabama has all the momentum, whereas it would have been 24-17 and we're getting the rock to start the half. Like, that was a big deal. Um let's let's talk about the defense because homie i'll tell you if you had told me that we were going to score 24 points and put up the offensive yards that we did i would have told you we would have walked because you you just couldn't have convinced me that we were going to give up more than 21 points i just didn't i did not think it was going to happen and it wasn't because i was discounting alabama dude they're real i mean they are real matt jones is real Najee harris is real that wide receiving core is ridiculous I thought their offensive line played fantastic last night. Very, very physical. Um, but, dude, we just – outside of the pick, we didn't make any plays. I mean, they exerted their will on our defense, and that surprised me. I thought – and I'm interested to get your take on this because we have not talked or texted about this. I thought Sark out-schemed Kirby and Lanning. I really do. He had them in some mismatches all night. You know, whether it be the corner blitz on the first touchdown where who was it? I don't even know how you say the kid's last name. Mechie, Michi, Mechie. How do you say that kid's last Michi. name? Michi. 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 So Michi's one on one with Lewis. Like with seeing, that's a mismatch. Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a mismatch. And then, dude, there was a couple plays where Waddle's on Monty. Like Monty's covering Waddle. Yeah. What that that can't happen. That's a that's a win for them all day. So I don't know, man. It was it was very interesting. I just thought there were a couple things where I was just going, mm, I don't know. I'm just scratching my head a little bit. I will say this too. We did not get home as much as I thought we would. I thought we would have Mac a little more frazzled. And, it, dude, he, he showed it last night. If you are not moving him around and getting him outside of the pocket, he's going to pick you apart. Yeah. Well, the defense in general – it was a bad night, but 
Kirby said it in his post-game press conference. We got outcoached. And I'm not so sure he means we as Georgia or we as the defense. Because the offense, real like we were talking about earlier, moved the ball up and down the field yep. pretty much at will all game until the last six minutes when it was a 17-point game and the game was pretty much over at that point. Yeah, it, that was pin your ears and, that time then. Yeah, and... But the defense, I mean, look at the 90-yard play. I mean, um, they did that little shift. They get Campbell one-on-one. They get the safeties to move over, and there's no safety help. How in the world can you have that type of coverage when they're on the 10-yard line with with the, with those, with those that team? That's That should never happen where there's no safety help like that with that. And we got pressure on that play, and he still was able to, you know, deliver a strike like that for a 90 yard touchdown. I mean, that just, that should never happen. Sark was able to get the matchups he wanted all day long. And the thing that really surprised me the most was their offensive line dominated our defensive line all game long. And I know Alex Leatherwood is all, all American going to be, you know, first round pick going to probably be the first offensive tackle taken off the board besides Sewell. Sewell will probably from Oregon will probably be the top and then he'll be the second. He'll be the top SEC tackle taken. But it's just, I was, I did not think the interior of their line was as good as it was. And the fact that Jordan Davis eats up double teams all game long, but he was getting pushed two, three yards back each time on those double teams, and I've never seen that happen to him before. Their center guard play was excellent last night. And I've never seen, like, the development from Harris from last year to this year is night and day. Like, the his patience from last year to this year is night and day. His, his ability to wait for that hole and hit it, it's just, I mean... I think what did he average like six point five, six point eight last night? I mean, yeah, that doesn't happen to a Kirby defense. I think he ended up having one hundred and fifty some yards. Let me see, I've got it up. I can tell you how many he had last night. He had he finished the game thirty one carries for one hundred and fifty two yards. You know what's funny though is so, it was just law of attrition on that man. I mean, his long run of the night was seventeen yards. That was the long run of the night for them was seventeen yards, and really a lot of those yards came in the fourth when they were grinding clock. They they did a really good job of using the threat of the short passing game because I think they do that effectively now because they have that edge speed. They'll use the bubbles and these edge screens to get, you know, four and five yards from their perimeter guys without having to run the football. Right. And you saw them play off that a few times last night where they would pump the bubble and then have a guy wheeling up. Dude, how many wheels did they run last night? I mean, they, they ate us up. It seemed like every play they, they had a wheel. They ate us up with wheels last night. I mean, ate us up. And yeah, I, I don't know, man. I just was, I was very surprised at what the defense did. I just really thought we would control the line of scrimmage and dictate more of what they would have to do. And I just feel like they imposed their will all night. I I did not expect that. Um, That was outside my expectation. Absolutely. So 
Yeah, I don't know, man. We, we got to get that fixed. I mean, this is the good thing, right? Like, I think the benefit of this is it exposed some flaws for us. And then now we've got, what, eight weeks to fix it before December 17th? And I think you just have to use it as a motivating point. Like, look, boys, they whipped us. Like, we had our shots and we missed them. And I don't know. It, it it was it was just a it was a weird game, man. Like the game was over, and I just I was looking at I was going, how did we lose this game? Like I I don't feel like we got dominated all night. It was just weird. And I'm gonna tell you something. Obviously, the people watching college football felt similarly because Georgia dropped one spot in the AP poll, and yeah, all, I saw all that. of the like college playoff football projections and college football bowl things essentially have Georgia either in the playoff or on the fringe of the playoff, even with the loss last night. And I think, I mean, I think people know that it's Clemson, it's Bama. It's we'll wait and see on Ohio state and it's Georgia. I mean, they are, they are clearly one of the top four teams. I I don't think there's any question in that. Um, I mean, let let me ask you this because I, this is going to be the, the debate I think going forward because it's, it's the sexiest position on the field, but I heard a lot of scuttlebutt last week when he struggled in the first half. And I heard tons of it last night during and after the game on social media that we can't win with Stetson Bennett and Stetson Bennett's not the guy. And I'm going to tell you, man, like, is he Justin Fields? No. Is he Trevor Lawrence? No. But can we win with him? Yeah, absolutely. I think they can. Um, And I, I just go back to, JT Daniels is not going to play this year. I, I feel that more and more every week. He's not going to play this year. He's not healthy. And I don't think he's going to get cleared before the season's over. So, folks, get comfortable with Stetson Bennett the fourth. We're going to ride or die with the mailman. And so I, I think you just need to deal with that and figure out how we win with Stetson and how we put points up. I think there's a way to do that. I mean, don't you think he can win us plenty of football games? I do. The worst thing that happened – for people's confidence in Stetson was not last night. It was Auburn and Tennessee looking like absolute garbage after we beat them. Yeah. Yeah. People have, people have looked at that and said, he's not that good. His performances mean less because the, of the quality of opponent that he did it against that he, his best performance now was that second half against Arkansas. Who should we shall we has looked has looked great should be three and one yep and I'm just like I'm like okay that's fine but if you're going to harp on the fact that the SEC is the best conference and that in my opinion with just having an SEC conference schedule this has been one of the more entertaining SEC slates through four weeks it sure has I just want to say that yeah. Um, it absolutely. <laughs> so, it, d- yes, he did not play great last night. Yes, he missed open receivers. Yes, he he had three picks. But you have to look at the positives that have come from him being the quarterback since the second half of Arkansas. If Dwan had stayed in 
and had continued to play the way he did, we don't beat Arkansas. Yeah, I don't think so either. We probably don't beat Auburn, and if we do, it's a the 13-6 type Maurice Smith 2016 game, give or take. Tennessee, uh, I mean, the way we played in that first half, you know, who knows? Uh, I'm not saying Dewan's not more athletic than Stetson because he is. He he is more athletic. And I like Dewan. I really want that kid to succeed a lot. But right now, Kirby is going to go, always going to go with who gives him the best chance to win this week, whoever that is. And I agree with you. I don't think JT Daniels is going to play. Whatever happened with that that surgery in December to clean up whatever the issue was, it's still causing him pain. He's still not 100% healthy. And you need a somewhat mobile quarterback to be playing Todd Munkin's offense. And for whatever reason, Daniels just can't, he's not there yet. And he's probably not going to play this year. So, and if he ever does get healthy and he can play great, but right now that's not it. And we have to accept that this, this is the team we have. Yeah. Let's accept it and move on. I agree. And I'll be honest with you. And it's, it's always this way, right? I mean, quarterback is the pivotal position on offense. So there's a ton of scrutiny on that. And Stetson's numbers weren't great. And there was tons of balls batted. He has the three picks. And look, the first one, that's kind of fluky with the D-line bat. And then I, I'm with you. I, I thought the, the Burton one on the tip, you know, he got hands on it. It wasn't a great ball, but he got hands on it. Try and make a play on it, right? I mean, that, those are two tip ball picks. So I'm not going to get on him all about that. And then look, the third pick was horrible. I mean, you're out the pocket and you're throwing across your body. And there was nobody within the same zip code of that that ball that had a white jersey on. So that one was bad, right? But again, they were down 10 at that point. He was trying to make a play. It is what it is, okay? I mean, he just tried to do too much. But I think that offense can function just fine with him at quarterback. And let's be serious, homie. He didn't have nothing to do with giving up 41 points. I mean, you can't give up 41 points. That's kind of hard stop on that one. I mean, defensively, we we can't do that. And yeah, I don't know. I would I feel good playing them again? I sure would. I don't feel like they are better than we are. I don't think they have more talent than we do. I think we need to scheme better and coach better next time and have a better game plan to figure out ways to confuse them and to not have them running naked up and down the field like they were. I mean, dude, I know Tyson fell down, but like he was beat on that play. So even if he didn't, that would have been a touchdown whether he fell or not. Well, I don't. I think I, at least he would have had a chance to tackle him if he hadn't fallen down. Yeah, but he was beat. It would have been a completion. It would have been a completion for big yardage either way. But he was beat like a drum either way. I mean, and look, homie, they were getting beat all over the place. I don't care if it was Eric Stokes. I don't care if it was Tyson Campbell. I thought Mark Webb got beat like a drum all night. I mean, I agree. I, I've said this. I mean, I don't know if we talk about a ton on the air just because it hasn't come up. But you and me have talked about this a bunch. You know how I feel about Mark Webb. Great player, great body guy, but dude, he's a run stopper, man. I don't want to see him in pass coverage. It makes me nervous every single time he is lined up on somebody in pass coverage. I just his, I think, I think him, the thing he brings to the star position is as a run stopper and as somebody who's going to plug you up, but I don't want him going 30 yards down the field with somebody else's receiver. I, dude, it gives me anxiety every time it happens. 
So that makes me nervous. I mean, don't you think a couple times have you gone, boy, man, be nice to have Devad right now. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. I, I think about that. I think about, uh, I think about Ringo not being able to play. I think they kind of expected he might've been able to play a little bit. Um, Tyreek got burned a couple times last night too. I, you know, they just, they just got beat. I mean, Alabama's receivers wore them out. I mean, that's just, that's the long and short of it, brother. I, I don't really know anything else to say about it defensively. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. But I will say Kirby seemed pretty even in the press conference, didn't you think? I mean, he didn't seem like flustered about it. He's just like, look, we got beat. We got to be better and we got to figure it out. I think to, I think they're kind of where we are with the finality of it. It's like, look, we still do everything we want to do. I mean, would did we want to win this game? Yes. Do we need to get over the hump and beat them? Yes. Is losing to Alabama the end-all, be-all for the 2020 season? No, it's not. I mean – this was almost like a, a fun little wild card game, right? In the grand scheme of things, as long as they take care of their own business. So, yeah, it, this doesn't feel like SC last year, and it doesn't feel like LSU the year before, um, or Auburn the year before that, or Auburn the year before that. Like everything feels. I don't. I don't really know. I don't even really know how to describe it. Like he just. He seems – I feel like even though the loss and is – I feel like there was a lot more in the defense looking like he did. I feel like he feels – or maybe this is just my interpretation of it, that in the press conference he felt more – even's the right word, but even he'll, – he'll never come out and sound positive. It, he never does. He sometimes comes out sound jokingly, but never positive. But it's like even to him, that is his positive. Yeah. So I'll I'll – and you know, I I I like that you know to to come out that way you know after four weeks with a loss. I mean, this is the earliest we've lost in a season since 2016. So, um, I mean, I know it's it's October, not date wise, but earliest we like game we've lost. So with the weird season, so it's just I don't know I. There's a lot of things to fix, but uh, like I said, I mean, there were quite a few positives to take out of last night. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not ready to jump off a cliff after last night. You know, if we lose to Kentucky, yeah, you talk me off a ledge. So I'll leave it at that. Yeah, I'm with you, man. I I feel probably as good as I've felt after their losses over the last four years in the regular season. I mean, I feel better about this team than I felt after the Auburn loss in 2017, although you can tell the listeners how I felt after that one. I mean, that, that one didn't really, that one kind of nonplussed me too. I was like, you know, this game is kind of fluky the way that one played out. I didn't think that it was representative of who they were as a football team. And in some ways this feels that way too, except better. I just feel like the defense is better and I feel like the talent is better and deeper and they just, they just got beat. They just didn't play well and you don't play well, you lose That's the name of the game. Right? So, I think there is plenty that will happen and they will evolve a lot before we get to 12-17. And boy, now what Kirby said in the press conference was a lot of foreshadowing, right? Him saying, you know, this offense, it's frustrating for me to watch because I can see the growing pains and sometimes it's really hard for me not to get mad and like just to let the process develop. And 
I think he's right about that. Like, I do think this offense has the potential to grow into something really fun and really special. And I think James Cook having the game he had last night is indicative of that um, because he's a weapon. Let's talk about that real quick. I'm not trying to, like, belabor these points, but it was interesting to me. Kendall Milton had another nice game. And in fairness to Zeus, he had, I would say, probably his best game of the year so far with kind of his vision and the runs he made. Did you th- feel that way too? I, Kenny McIntosh only has two carries though. By the way, side note, Kenny's jersey get ripped or something? Why was he wearing number 30 on the kickoff returns? Did you see that? That wasn't him. Who was, that wasn't him. Who was that? That was Kyrus. That was Kyrus Jackson. Why was Kyrus wearing 30? Because there's another 10 on the kickoff return team. Is that why there was no name on the 30? Yeah. Yeah, that was Kyrus. Oh, I was st- so oh, they put I did so I was they I got, put Kyrus on kickoff return. Like I said, I was watching that at a bar, so we had no sound, which is one of my pet yeah. one of my pet peeves, but the game was on eight o'clock. Oh, trust me, you didn't miss much. Oh oh my god. The the I, I won't get into I'm it. Sh- it, it I'm was, sure the Danielson Alabama I want to share to the that. I want to share to the listeners, okay? As I said a few weeks ago, my wife is a novice football fan. She's trying to get into it this year. First time she's listened to Gary Danielson and Brad Nessler call a Bama game. She's like, are they supposed to be biased towards one team? <laughs> like she asked me that in the middle of the second quarter. And I'm just like, no, they're not. <laughs> but yeah, uh, to that point, we'll get back to the Kenny thing. I was so flustered because I'm going 30. I'm like, I feel like I know this roster pretty good. Who the hell is number 30? <laughs> <laughs> and then I was like, oh, well, maybe Kenny's jersey got ripped or something. So I didn't know it was Karis. Oh, so, okay. So there's another 10. So what is, is, is Malik on, is Malik on kickoff? Yeah, he's on. Yeah. Oh, okay. Is. All right. That was, I think, I think something happened to Kenny and we don't know about it because. Dude, I didn't see him didn't at all. Get, after he got that. There was the the play where he was open and um the bat pass got batted oh, down. Oh yeah, that was he, that was another one, dude. Oh, he was yeah. he was so open. <laughs> yeah, but I don't, I don't want to harp on that play. But I, the, he had one other play after that, and then he didn't play the rest of the game. Nope. So I think he might have got nicked because he's been great on kickoff returns. So it's not like you have a reason to take him out, dude. They, and put Kiris in. But can we talk about this again too? They had another great night of kickoff returns. Great night. Yeah. Special team. Great night. Special teams has been fantastic. Like, I, I know Jack missed that kick, but, like, can we talk about this, too? I said this last night. This is probably not safe for air, but we're going to talk about it anyways. People are calling him, like, Hot Pod. I haven't run this by you. I wanted to hit you with this fresh, see what you think about it. Okay. I, I, I hope you're going to catch this movie reference. But, dude, I need his nickname to be the Tripod because all he does is hit big nuts kicks. Like that 50 yarder was a mammo kick and I just needed to be called the tripod like Vern Troyer and Austin Powers gold member. Oh my God. <laughs> my, my God. My God. Joe tripod. Like I, that, I, that's what we need to call him now. The tripod. Cause he just makes, he just makes big balls kicks, brother. That's all I'm going to say about it. You, you take that where you need to take it. How you feel about that? That's way better than hot pod. Come on. I, I I'm, I'm here for it. Just, I'm just know that's the text you'll be getting from me the rest of the year. Every time he hits a big one, tripod. i'm all for it let's just say it's a similar feeling to what the folks in philly call nick Foles. okay we're just gonna leave it at that take that that where you want to take it okay um but yeah so 
to go back to the Danielson thing and freaking CBS, how about that freaking graphic they run in the fourth quarter? The king and his court or king and his subjects. Yeah. Literally almost. Yeah. I'd gotten home by the fourth quarter. Literally almost threw my TV off the porch. I was so irritated. First off, the game wasn't over yet. Like, dude, there was like 10 minutes left in the fourth quarter and they're running the king and his and it subjects. Was, it was still a 10 point game at that point. I was so irritated. I was, oh God, I was so irritated. I mean, I was irritated about a lot of things at that point, but that about sent me over the edge because that was just standard CBS all up in Saban's junk. Like, oh God, it drove me nuts. Yeah, so that irritated me. Um, well, I'm glad I didn't get to listen to all the Daniels and stuff because I figured it would be bad. But oh, no, it was it was atrocious. It was absolutely atrocious. I mean, it was it was for par. Like, it's not like it's anything that it's not every week. I mean, even when they have a game of the week, when it's another team, they got to bring up Bama and how great Nick Saban is. And, you know, it, it's not any different. So although I did like the fact that the Affleck trivia question was the last time an SEC East team beat him. I knew the answer to that. Who was the coach? Yep, I knew the answer. So yeah, it was Mar- it was Marshawn uh, Lattimore was the running back and how they just basically like he they were like they brought it they were talking about the stats and he ran for like 150 yards or whatever but he only nobody seems to remember he only averaged like 3.2 yards a carry that game because they just kept grind he would run like five yards two yards three yards like they just kept grinding the ball all game they never let the offense on the field dude that's a that's a guy that's a name where it's and i hate this in all sports whether it's my team or not i hate it when guys get injured and they don't get to like be what they could have been Dude, he was a great player. Yeah, he was. And for him not to get to show that talent in the NFL and make the money that he should have made in the NFL. And I'm happy, man. Apparently, he's back involved at SC, and I think he's on the coaching staff there. Am I I right about that? Didn't he get a job back at SC? Yeah, he's back at SC. God, man, he was such a good player. Such a good player. Um, To have that injury and, oh, God, just I hate that, man. But, God, he was a good player. Yeah, so that was immediately. That came up and I was like, oh, that's a Lattimore team. That was, yep. I remember that Connor Shaw. Yep, that's yep. right. That's right. Um, all right. Well, I'm sure there's something I'm forgetting, but that's about all I can talk about it. Almost an hour worth of rehashing that game. In some ways, was therapeutic. Yeah. I mean, I feel like we're kind of both on the same page about. Look, yeah, it stinks to lose, and it especially stinks to lose to them. But like, I'm just not of the sky is falling variety. Like that game did nothing to make me feel like all is lost for Georgia football. In some ways it did the opposite. Um, I feel, I just feel like the talent level is really there. And I think Kirby knows that they have something. And I also thought, did you hear Richard's comments after last night's game? I thought Richard had some really positive comments last night and very just matter of fact, like, look, we're a really good football team and we have everything still in front of us. And we lost. So as long as we keep fighting and keep doing everything that we're supposed to do, we'll most likely see them again in Atlanta. And I love that, man. I love that that's where, where their verbiage is and where their head's at. And that, that seems to be what the common thread was because Stetson said some similar things and Kirby said that in the press conference. So I think they're all kind of same page. Like, look, yeah, stinks. We lost. We should have won. We did not play well. I think they know they didn't play well. Um, but again, for me, the biggest thing from last night is dispelling this myth that they have to play some magical, you know, 1980 U.S. hockey team against the Russians perfect game to beat Alabama. They're, they're just it's not true. It's just a false premise. They have plenty of talent and they can just play two solid halves of football. So, well, I will say that 
give me your thoughts on that. This is four straight games now. One really good – well, I say really good. One very solid half and one half where you go, where the hell are they right now? Like, where do they go? I felt I feel like that's kind of been the theme through four games of who this team is so far. One really great half and one half where you go, is this the same football team? <laughs> and have you noticed how it's been every other half? Yeah, I have noticed that. It's it's really weird. It yeah. is literal. It's it it's it follows. It, I mean, every other game it follows a pattern. First half is bad. Second half's good. First and third game. It's 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 really weird how this is how this has gone. I think that it's it's got to come down to coaching. I think or it's mental. It's it's not talent. It's it's got to be something mental. The Auburn game I understand because we had a big lead and we sat on it. That's the yeah. only one that makes sense. Yeah, Every, nothing else makes sense at all. The bad start against Arkansas does not make sense. The bad start against Tennessee—I don't even say it's a bad start. The the lackluster start against Tennessee does not make sense. The yeah. you know it, I, it does not. The bad second half against Bama that. You know, and I only see it as a bad second half because we moved the ball. The defense basically – the defense played consistent the whole game, not well. You know, it, the defense was pretty much the same the whole game, but the offense was pretty much, you know, moved the ball and just kind of shot themselves in the foot in the second half. So is – but you're right. They have not put a full 60-minute game together. But that was kind of the story all last year too, if you remember. I mean, this has kind of been a thing for a while now. It's not like this is something brand new to Georgia football. It's I feel like this has been, you know – since middle of last year, pretty much, um, really since SEC play started last year. I think some of it has to do with the offensive instability. Uh, I think last year's team was plagued by never knowing what they were going to get from the offense. And I think because of that, it's hard to get a 60-minute rhythm out of the team because the defense, you know, inherently is wondering, well, how many points are we going to score tonight? Like, how well are we going to have to play to keep us in this? And so I think, And how long are we going to have to play? That's right. And I, I think there's something to that, you know, like, dude, I, I think this is the other part about last night. People forget, like, I mean, when did, when did Alabama score the, the Waddle touchdown on the 90 yarder? Dude, it was like four minutes left in the third quarter. When, I mean, that game was 24, 20 Georgia all the way, almost to the end of the third quarter. And like, I feel like at some point your D's making stops, your D's making plays, your D's making stops. Like as the offense, you got to make a play and score so like they get a little more juice, right? Because if every time it's like, oh god, we got to go, we got to go bottle them up again, you know? Like, I mean, dude, what did Bama had two straight punts to start the second half before they scored any points, right? So like, you got to make something happen as the offense to keep the gap up so that they're not feeling all this pressure all the time. So, yeah, I mean, I, I do think that's part of it. If we got to find some offensive consistency and like a plan, do we have a touchdown to start? like with our first offensive drive yet this year, which is like supposed to be your scripted drive. Do we have a touchdown on our first offensive drive of the game this year yet? Did we score first drive against Auburn? No, we did not. Yeah, I, so that's that's kind of a something for me to keep watch too because I feel like that's generally your scripted drive is, hey, man, we got 10 plays here we feel pretty good about. Let's go out and rip it off and, and we'll go. Uh, I mean, I haven't really seen that. They kind of take a little while to get the engine moving. So I don't know, some, something to watch, I guess. Well, uh, I don't guess we'll talk a ton of football this week because 
now we have a bye week, which is there anything worse on planet Earth than the depths of despair you're stuck in when you come off a loss and have a bye week? We got to sit in this and smell this funk for two weeks. Yeah, we and and not only that, we get to go through the same thing that we did in 18 and listen to two weeks of armchair quarterbacks of who's going to start against Kentucky, just like we yeah. did in 18. Or was it 18, Fromm and Fields, who's going to start versus Florida after the LSU debacle? Was that 18? I can't even remember. Yeah, yeah. That was yeah, that was eighteen. So we get to do this crap again. I'm just like, oh, lovely, can't wait. No, I mean, I just, I don't, I don't want to listen to it. I fully believe, unless he gets injured, Stetson Bennett will start every game the rest of the year. I, Kirby, in no way, shape, or form, in the language that he has used, seems to indicate that there is any type of change on the horizon. So take that for what it's worth. But again, I don't think JT Daniels is actually cleared to play by the people who have to clear him whether that's family doctor or whoever it is so he's not an option and this coaching staff if given the option between playing Stetson and playing Duan at this moment they're gonna play Stetson so I just feel like folks better get used to that and kind of buckle in on that one so yeah we'll see man I don't know I the Kentucky thing is I don't I don't know we probably didn't have much say in it but I hope there was some fight put up by George's side to say, we're not canceling. Like we're not, we're not postponing this. Look, I, I feel like these things, whether it's, you know, taking an Auburn road game two years in a row or whatever it is, I feel like we always get the short end of the stick on this stuff when it comes to SEC decisions. So I don't know. I don't know why we, I don't know why we're having to give up our bye week before the Florida game because it suits everybody else because Florida had to postpone a game because of they, because they got COVID. Yeah. Yeah. Not our fault. So, yeah, so I know we're not yeah. going to have a preview game this week cause there's no game. So do you want to bring up one thing? We did have some good news this week with a big commitment from the number two recruit in the country with the Marius Mims, since we're not going to get a chance to bring that up. So that is huge news for the dogs. So yeah. Matt Luke is having another, you know, finished, you know, Sam Pittman's recruiting class, he kept it together last year and has a huge recruiting class, you know, this year on the offensive line. So looks like Matt Luke, another home run hire for Kirby and, you know, keep bringing them in. Yeah, absolutely. I, I love that. That was great news. And that chain he wore was fantastic. If they want to put that in the bookstore, I'll scoop that up. <laughs> so that'll look, that'll look great. That'll go good with my beard, brother. Yeah. <laughs> And the last thing I want to bring up, and I don't want to prolong this for a a 10 minute discussion, but the people who, you know, the people who are the overreactors to every Georgia loss, and it seems like this happens because it's once a year, that are the Kirby's Mark Rick 2.0 and the fire Kirby crowd. Who do you want to replace him? If you want to get rid of Kirby so bad, who do you want to replace him with? Because until you come up with a name that is better than Kirby, shut up. Yeah, dude, I, I, I honestly, I don't even, it, that doesn't even like cross my brain brainwaves because that is so stupid and so asinine. If you're saying get rid of Kirby, like what program are you watching? I, look, man, you can say what you want about like wins and losses and all this stuff, but like the teams they've lost to, you lose to Alabama twice, and you lose to LSU. So two of the three go on to be national champions. Um, I mean, I just – boys, we play in the best conference in the country. And if you're telling me 
that the program now isn't different from the program when Coach Rick was there, you're smoking crack. Like I, you, you literally aren't paying attention. So I don't even want to have a conversation with you about this stuff. Like, I mean, I don't mean to be cross about it, but you're an idiot. Like, if you if you don't think that Kirby Paul Smart is the best coach and the best CEO for this program, kick rocks. I mean, I ain't got no time for you. So you take it to somebody else. I just, I got seriously, man. I got no patience for it. He is he is the perfect man for this program right now, and is doing all the necessary things to get Georgia where they need to be. And man, I ain't gonna apologize about that. I will be on that train for un- unless something drastic happens to change my opinion. That's the train I'll be the conductor on, brother, because he's it, man. And if you watched during the Rick years and paid attention and know how some of those seasons felt and some of those games felt, and you're telling me now it's not better, like, homie, you know what would have happened with a Mark Rick team going into Tuscaloosa last night. They lost by 40 points. Like, I w- I wouldn't have picked them on our show last week. That's what I'm saying, man. It's, it's just different. Like, it's you, a know different they're, mindset. you know they're going to be competent. You know they're actually going to have the kids to match up with a team like Alabama. That wasn't true before. People say what they want. That's all revisionist history. It was not that way. So, yeah, they man, they can all kick rocks with that. We had one shot at Bama in Rick's tenure. Like in when Saban was there, and that was twelve. We had one yeah. shot, and that, and that was, was it. That team was loaded. Team was loaded, loaded. I just, you know, I mean, of course, that's the you know the the armchair like automatic reaction is you know is that it's Rick two point you know today you know Kirby's never going to get us there, you know he's screwed up the quarterback situation because we're starting a walk on blah 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 blah, and I just I I I'm I'm agree with you. I'm not here for it. I I can't. Give me a better. Give me someone better. We're not getting Saban. We're not getting yeah. Dabo. You know, unless you want yeah. I me. Mean, give me who? Who do you want? Who you bringing in? You what do you want? Sar- Sarkeesian? Uh, Come on, give me a break. Who do you want? No, if you, do, if you can't give me a name, shut your mouth. Just be quiet because you sound like an idiot. Yeah, dude. I just think too, you're not going to find somebody that is a fit culturally too, right? Like, dude, his daddy's a high school coach. He's from Georgia. He played at Georgia. Like, culturally, it's the right fit. I think most people would tell you he is the best, if not one of the two best recruiters in the country. I, what do you want? They're building facilities. They, they can't put facilities up fast enough because people are donating so much money to the growth of the program. And he's not the guy. Man, get the hell out of here. Like, I don't want to hear all that. that that's just stupid. I mean, nope, not here for it. Sorry, I had to get on my soapbox yeah, today because I, I just I that just popped up on my newsfeed again for like the seventh time today, and I just I'm sick well, of hearing, sick of seeing it. I feel like I see, I feel like I, I feel like I see it even before the the losses happen. People are trying to get up in it. It's like, man, it, you people are never going to be happy. Like, even if they were going undefeated and winning national championships, y'all would be upset because the jersey color is not the right Pantone color or whatever. Like, some people just ain't never going to be happy, man. And I could really care less about that. I'm happy. I like where the program's going. I like where the program is now. Like, use your eyes. Georgia's going to be just fine. As an eternal pessimist, I'm happy where the program is headed. 
So, hey, folks, let me just tell you, I know my boy a long time. That is that is a big endorsement right there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right, man. Well, we'll uh, we'll just we'll reset and get on our six game winning streak to end the year and get ready for Atlanta now, homie. That's it. That's where we're. Yeah, we're on to Kentucky. On to Kentucky. <laughs> Works for me. All right, man. Well, go dogs, sick them. Go dogs. Hey, George is better now. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.